are back for another weekly installment of the Sing Second Podcast, where we discuss the week's college football games, and our fearless leader, Brandon, takes us all on an adventure through stories, the, through colorful stories, or the history of a team he picks. Make sure you have your Nebraska land snacks ready for that treat. This week's slate seems packed now that the Big Ten and Mount West football is back. But before we jump into this week's slate, Brandon, what's good? Well, I got to tell you, right at this point, right now, at this moment, as I'm speaking, I'm the most inspired that I have ever been in my entire life. So that's pretty good. I've been... I'm signed up for this Adobe Max conference and usually it's somewhere really far away and I don't like to fly places. So I won't ever go to one, but because of the pandemic making lemons out of lemonade, wait, <laughs> either way, you know, you can make lemons out of lemonade with uh, Adobe Premiere which I'm learning in this Adobe Max, that little digital tool. Um, they have it all online this year. So each night I've been watching some stories, some inspiration, some technique from people who are masters of all that kind of stuff and like industry professionals. And then tomorrow I get to do a professional day. So I'll just be geeking out with Adobe Creative Cloud with our Perkins Grant funds to get trained in all that. So I'm pretty excited for that. School. All for, all for Photoshop stuff. It's awesome. So that's, what's good for me. Let's go with you, Kyle. Oh, geez. Can I put me on the spot? I was trying to think if I was going to bring this up now, but I'm going to, there's been a couple of, a couple of things that I've brought to the table over the, the past, past year or so. Uh, one of them was uh, my story about Zachary Ty Bryan of Home Improvement. And then the other story was about my, my letter that I got from Ralph Brown when I was a little kid. And unfortunately, if you've been following along with the news, like Ralph Brown is essentially MIA uh, from friends and family. And even more recently, uh, Zachary Ty Bryan, which is Brad Taylor from Home Improvement, just got arrested for like uh, spousal abuse or something like that. So I don't know. I'm I'm a little Oof. weary bringing any of any childhood stories with like half semi-famous people into it because apparently I'm a bad omen for for some of this stuff to to happen on this podcast. So well, the other guy that you've tried to kind of mention and name drop that you. Uh rubbed elbows with back in the day with Scott Frost. So are you trying to tell us that uh, something bad's coming Scott Frost's way? Maybe that's it. Maybe because I've, I've mentioned the letter that I've gotten from Scott Frost, but I haven't actually ever brought it uh, on the podcast because it's in the, at my parents' motel in Shadron. So maybe that was your location because I, I brought, the letter from Ralph Brown and I read it and then I showed the the postcard that I got from uh, ZTB back in the day. So maybe that's it. So fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully that's, that's where all of this is going. So not really what's good, but it, it's been kind of like what's been, what's been in my mind or grinding my gears. What, I, I don't know what grinding. Mind, but kind of that's what's, that's what's been uh, in my inner deep 
deep thoughts. So, I don't know. Danny, pick us back up. Yeah, that's definitely not what the segment was supposed to be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, spousal abuse and just disappearing from family and friends. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a scary story. Well, that's pretty good. Ralph Brown thing. Yeah, um, this is kind of a not a great segment other than uh, other than Brandon's what's good because I don't really have anything that that sticks out other than we'll obviously get into it, but the Huskers opening their, their season this weekend. And I'm excited about it as a Husker football fan, but it's actually been kind of kind of nice these past several weeks getting to tune into all these games and kind of pick different teams to be interested and, and look at different aspects of college football uh, with, without the Huskers playing. So I'm actually a little, uh, I have a little bit of anxiety about giving my full effort to, uh, to the Huskers and still kind of paying attention to all the other goings ons of, of college football. But the what's good part of that is um our family tends to go to a lot of the Husker games and, and tailgate and kind of do the whole, the whole weekend. And, and that's obviously eliminated this year. So we're going to try to kind of have like an outdoor, like tailgate watch party, kind of grill out sort of thing on Saturday. And I think like the high is like 36 degrees or something. So in a weird way, I'm pretty. I'm kind of excited to 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 bundle up, like put every piece of Husker gear I own on, and and do a little uh, a little tailgate, a little grilling out, a little little backyard watch party with the family. So uh, so that's what's good. Just a little something to look forward to on Saturday. Very full weekend. Andy's already shown us his uh, his handwritten legal pad of all of the sporting events going on from from Tuesday. I don't know. Did you have NFL Sunday stuff written on there, or we, did we end after Saturday? No, but well, it goes Monday, Monday to Sunday. So, yep, I did have okay. this next coming Sunday going. No, it's just like I talked about. I don't know if it was last week or two week, weeks ago. How sometimes weekends are are like this this blank slate, and you get to fill in with all your fun activities. And I think um, having work off on Friday, so a three day weekend with with plenty of activities. Um, yeah. That actually, thinking about that, put me in a good mood. So that's what's good. The weekend coming up. Gosh, turn it around. What about you, Andy? Uh, I got two things. Uh, the first one's kind of semi-serious. Uh, the copyright people did not come after the Sing Second podcast after Brandon's uh, two movies uh, that he pretty much lived and reenacted last week on the pod. So we haven't got the old uh, copyright people after us yet, so that's always a plus. The second one, though, uh, today's a special day for me. I There's one movie growing up, for some reason, I always fell in love with. I still watch it um, quite often. I fall asleep to it sometimes. But today is back to the future day. Today is the day that uh, Marty McFly goes to 1985 or whatever, and from 1985 back to 1955, and... Uh, really kicks off maybe um, probably my favorite trilogy, maybe not the best trilogy out there. They have probably the best sequel out there, but, um, but no, back to the future day. People would like, like a a conversation (laughs) with you on that one. Well, he went, he went forward to October 21st, 2020. 
No. The movie? No. No. Have you, seen, have you seen the movie? I've seen it like one time. Sorry. Oh, dear. I'm, we can watch it together sometime. Maybe on a soccer trip this year or something. I just but, but no. Skateboarding stuff was cool. Coverboard. He hasn't seen Rudy. And when he no. and when he played the guitar, like went on his back and like slid around playing the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny, be good. Yeah. But as far as all the time travel stuff, that's a little little fuzzy. No. But we we can get that good. off air. You don't need to, unless Brandon's got something prepared, <laughs> a reenactment. No. Okay. I was nope. going to save it for later, but I could do it. <laughs> Anywho, so uh, yeah, that's what's good. The old uh, Back to the Future day. So I think tonight, after this, we're going to all sleep to old Back to the Future. But looking ahead to this weekend slate, uh, Danny alluded it, to it uh, already. The Huskers are back in action. Um, they open up against Ohio State at Ohio State. And we've kind of, I think, shared our opinions maybe off air, maybe briefly mentioned it on air about the Huskers' schedule and how they fought for the Big Ten. And this is kind of how they're being repaid with opening at Ohio State. But it's 11 a.m. kickoff, so traditional Nebraska style. It's on Fox, so great national television there, whether you have cable or not. Um, but it is against a pretty lethal Ohio State offense. Um, they're a 26-point favorite. Gentlemen, are you guys excited for the Huskers? I mean, Danny Cowery said he's excited to bundle up and sit outside and watch a Husker game like it's real life. But um, where, where are we at anticipation-wise for this, this eight-game conference-only season? I'm pretty excited. Pretty pumped. Yeah, I'm really stoked. I, I think I've mentioned it before, like, the Husker game is the one game that I will sit down and watch from start to finish, commercials included. Uh, yeah, I don't really care how good they are. I think they're going to be tough. I I think if if you look at it's Scott Frost, and hopefully I don't have the, the jinx on him, but uh, it's just to me he's a guy, and obviously it's, it's because he's a born and raised Nebraska guy, but he's a guy that exudes confidence when you look at him. Uh, he never looks or seems like what's happening isn't expected. Um, and so, no, I'm really excited. We named Adrian Martinez as the starting quarterback. I think we'll see McCaffrey. Uh, but really, I'm just kind of excited to see what they've been working on, what, what the playmakers that they're bringing in. They have a, a big receiver for the first time in a really long time. I'm excited to see what they're going to plan on doing with him. So, Nope, I'm I'm all in. I'll be hopefully somewhere fun watching the game. All right, so Kyle, you kind of brought up a good point there. Um, on Monday or Tuesday, they named Adrian Martinez the starting quarterback. Was there really any true competition? I mean, yeah, uh, McCaffrey played well last year in his limited role. Uh, Adrian's been hurt off and on both his freshman and sophomore year. But when Scott Frost took over, he – got Adrian Martinez for his quarterback and he started since day one. Was that really a quarterback competition or was it something just for the media to, to write about? One, one thing I kind of learned last year about, about the coaching staff is I think they, I don't know if it's talking themselves into certain things or if they're trying to sell things to the media and the fan base, because I remember 
going into last year, like everything was so, you know, positive. We're, you were going to be top notch in all these areas. And it was almost like they were trying to make a, make a sell going into last season. And obviously last season didn't uh, end up looking like we probably thought it was going to look. So I, I imagine the assumption is that Adrian Martinez is not going to play every game um, this season, either, either injury or maybe he gets, I don't know if you want to say bench, but, but gets rested for McCaffrey to come in. So I almost feel like it's kind of talking themselves into and talking the fan base and the media into the fact that we don't have just one starter. We've got two starters. And so if, and when uh, Adrian can't go, like everybody better be, better be watching out for McCaffrey, which we, I think we saw enough just glimpse and stuff last year to know that that, that dude's going to be pretty dynamic too. So I guess my feeling is it's, it's a little bit of a sell just because they, they foresee McCaffrey being on the field a significant amount of time this year. I think on the first play of offense, they're going to have Adrian Martinez and McCaffrey coming out at the same time. And like Sharp's going to be like, Oh, Oh, and what's McCaffrey doing now? Oh my gosh. He and Martinez are both going in. Oh my God. They're both in the backfield. And then it's going to be, some kind of a screen, some kind of a run to McCaffrey, and he's – I'm calling it right now, 80-yard touchdown. Perfect. Yep. It'll be like uh, back when they had Newcomb and Crouch, you know, and then they had them both out there, and they'd have a pass play to Crouch, and he'd bust for a huge one. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. I I think it was definitely Martinez is to lose. Any tie was going to go to Adrian, but – if it would have been Adrian's senior season, then I could see that they would be like, oh, yeah, like we've we've kind of rode him for the last couple of years, but he's only a junior. Like he's coming back for two years. So to me, it's not like they they can't just put McCaffrey on the shelf if he really is better. So uh, I, I think it was a competition, and I think if it was a tie, the tie went to Adrian. But like I said, I'd – I don't think they could just give it to Adrian because or else if McCaffrey's really that good, A, the players in practice can see it, and and B, I just – if he's the dude, then he, I, to me he'd be playing. Like I, I do think that that's one thing that, that Frost is, has shown time and again, and, and maybe it was easier to do with another coach's guys, but uh, the best players have played, whether they're true freshmen and he knows that – they're probably going to be a little bit overwhelmed to begin with or uh, a senior that is on his way out. He's pretty, pretty set on the best players regardless will play. You know, we've all coached and you kind of – every once in a while you'll get that player where you don't know exactly what their best position is, but you know you, you want them on the field. And when they're not, you kind of keep looking their way like, you know, how, how are we going to get this guy on? Like, where are we going to put him? And I have a feeling that – that's going to be the constant thing uh, for our coaches with McCaffrey. So I think, I don't know if it's going to be an 80 yard touchdown or not, Brandon, but I imagine if he's not getting reps at quarterback because, because he surpasses Martinez or Martinez is hurt, then, then we're definitely going to, going to see him in other ways. I did have a, a, something I was wondering about when, when uh, Andy started bringing up the game, like it's different when it's your team coming into, coming into the opening game 
than it is with just college football in general. Are there certain things that you are excited about or is it just the game in general? Like I, I'm not necessarily even excited about if we can win or not, because I don't think we can, but I'm excited about seeing like the things that we've just discussed or how, how certain guys look on the field. So as Husker fans, like what are you kind of, what's intriguing you or what are you really looking forward to when the, when the, the TV gets turned on and you see your Huskers right there on the TV? For the things that I'm, I don't know if I'm, it's something I'm excited about, maybe stressed about, maybe hopeful about, but uh, you know, like is Mills going to be a reliable back? Um, what's this screen game going to look like when Scott Frost was at Oregon like the first half of all the games is just like a quick screen to a wide receiver was at least five yards or 10 yards, you know, and, and we were missing those throws last year. And also the, just the perimeter blocking I thought on some of those were not very good. And at Oregon, uh, Scott, and I'm the only reason why I'm saying it with Oregon was because he, Scott Frost also coached wide receivers there. And his big thing that he would brag about is that all the wide receivers knew the phrase, no block, no rock. And he wanted those wide receivers out there to take pride in those quick screen. And, and then in the second half, you know, then Oregon could allow those running backs to run downfield when the other team was gassed. And it's just like too many times last year, a missed throw or a batted down pass, or he was going to, throw the screen and then he decided not to and then he gets sacked uh, because that was you know only a one route type of thing and so I just want to see us man get that ball out quick and get get in a second and five right away and then just start you gotta I mean you just have to do that with this type of offense the defense that complements a blur offense isn't meant to be getting three and outs. You know, they're meant to be playing from a lead. Then they can take risks and gambles and go extra aggressive for the quarterback or for the, or for the ball, you know, and then they can play with a little bit of a lead. And so I just want to see us be, I don't know, better at that perimeter passing game and then see how in the second half that can open up opportunities for Mills and then having McCaffrey in there too, um, seeing – I don't know. Scott Frost pretty creative, you know, and uh, I think he he has been creative at every place he's coached. And I just want to see his ideas with that as he, you know, has these players in and can start putting his own spin on things now. That's what I'm looking for, I guess. Yeah, Danny, like, and this isn't football related, but one of my things that I just kind of get excited for and and obviously we won't be able to go to a game, but you already kind of mentioned it, that, that get-together, like when you know the game is starting and you're, you're going wherever and you're kind of with a group of people all wearing red. Like to me, that's just fun where you, you see people wearing their, their Husker hoodies or they have the red beanie on and stuff like that. Like That's kind of the first like pregame thing that I'm ready for is just if I do go somewhere, just walking in and just seeing all the red. Uh, but – in terms of football, like, can – especially against a team as good as Ohio State, can our offensive line hold up without just feeling like our quarterback is constantly running for his life? Okay. 
based off last year, can Cam Jurgens successfully snap the ball between his legs into Martinez's hands on a consistent basis? And then Brandon kind of mentioned it. Like if we're if we're a team that's built like Frost's past teams, offense should be clipping, offense should be uh, putting points on the board, hopefully playing with the lead. Can or do we have, can we develop a defensive line that can pass rush? Because if you think about the Davis twins and even the defensive ends that, that we've had, like we've, we haven't had a Randy Gregory type since Randy Greg, Gregory. Like we don't have, we haven't had a, a pass rushing defensive end or a disruptive nose tackle for a really long time. And I always thought kind of uh, back in the day, I thought freedom, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, uh, was going to develop into that guy. But instead of being that slick, sleek, uh, disruptive speed guy, he just bulked, bulked up. And it's like we're almost playing four big defensive tackles at the in the line. And not only are we not getting into pass rush, then we wouldn't be able to stop the run either. So can we have a couple of guys in the middle that can demand double teams that free up some speed guys and, and kind of get that pressure built without having to blitz all the time? I think, Kyle, you hit a lot of those key question marks on the head. Um, for me, the one that you guys haven't quite talked about yet is uh, we, we're starting to get new receivers in. Um, obviously, losing uh, J.D. Spielman this offseason, and he's been playing for weeks at TCU now. Um, but we, we have a lot of new faces. Uh, Omar Manning, is is that the one that you are talking about, Kyle, earlier, just having a big receiver? Big God, he's supposed to be like a Maurice Purify type back from just a downfield threat. And, you know, I feel like that's one thing that we always talk about, these new guys coming in, new guys coming in, these speed guys, whatever. Um, but we haven't really seen anything translate yet. And just to see how that kind of open wide receiver room really uh, really kind of forms into this 2020 version. Um, other than Diedrich Mills, who's going to be kind of that 1B running back to Diedrich when, you know, when we're going fast and have two backs in the backfield and things like that. So offensively, I, I, I really enjoy a lot of that screen game that Brandon talked about. But it's just who's going to be filling those – uh, those blocks and who's going to be, you know, fighting for those extra yards is, is, is for me, is going to be intriguing against a pretty darn good Ohio State game. Yeah, and just to kind of follow up, kind of going off of what Andy said with the skill guys, like, will we have a second playmaker? Not four or five. Will we have a second playmaker so every big play does not have to put Wandell Robinson in the middle of it and let a five, six, 150 pound back, just take beating after beating after beating. Yeah, this is, we're, we're in the time of the year right now where there's just a lot of names getting thrown out there. Like every Husker podcast or anything you listen to, they're going through the depth chart and just kind of throwing out a variety of names and be interesting to see two or three games into an all conference schedule, like which, which names we're still, we're still saying and which guys have just completely fallen by the wayside. You know, Danny, I got a good question for you because there's one thing I think, and that yeah, I think you've mentioned that you hate more than anything is recruiting talk. How is this last two, three weeks gearing up to this game? Is it probably got to feel a lot like that recruiting talk, where it's just those same names? We haven't really seen them. There was no spring game. How have you been able to 
really prepare because we haven't seen a lot of these guys. Well, right now we have, I think, 55 to 60 wide receivers who could step up and be playmakers this year. Like, <laughs> seriously, it's just, it's, just, it's just saying names right now. And the best part is that media hasn't even been to practices. Like, all they've done is Zoom interviews with people. So all they're doing is saying the names that the guys who they've been interviewing have been saying. Like, I, everyone's just clueless right now. And it's going to take – no, two, three games for all that stuff to shake out. So I would say right now to me is similar to recruiting. Like to me, it's just names right now. I could probably tell you, uh, you know, who, who might be our back or our number two running back or, or a few of the receivers just from names that I've heard. But um, like I said, when I, when I see it out on the field, then I'll start becoming a fan. And uh, up until that, that point to me, it's just kind of, kind of names being being said or written down on paper. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts before we, we give our, our picks here, gentlemen? I think it'll be weird for Ohio State. I mean, even though obviously they're going to be heavily favored and everything, but for them playing their home game and their first home game used to a huge big sellout crowd, is that going to be weird for them running out of their tunnel for the first time and just looking out and not seeing a lot of people? You know, I'm kind of Seven, curious. 70 decibels of crowd noise, I think, is what they uh, they settled on. Really? Pump in. Yeah, and, yeah, like, they're, when you have a big play, it can go up to 90, but, like, the normal crowd murmur is 70. And, I th- and someone said the other day that's like uh, like being, like, behind your lawnmower. Huh. Like it's not anything that's going to have an effect on the game, but it and even be. just like not seeing, you know what I mean? Just not yeah. seeing the crowd. Just are yep. they going to be? I know they'll be fired up, but I mean, it is like going to be for those older it, guys. This isn't as cool yeah. as you know. Yeah, it would almost well, be like when the Nebraska State Championships are played at Memorial Stadium when they have like maybe a section and a half, yeah. and you're playing in this ginormous stadium and you're looking around and it's just you're it's cool for a high school kid because you're on the field for sure i'm doubting it's going to be as cool in the horseshoe when especially for those older guys that are are used to having that looking around and seeing a hundred thousand fans blaring down at them and then just looking around i bet it's going to feel like a practice for for ohio state and the, the murmur really just has to be it's just loud enough to maybe block out some of the the swear words and the, yeah. the trash talking from player to player, isn't it? Well, side note, watching a few of these NFL games, I think that teams like if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in the canned noise, you can't just only bring in the positive noise. Like there should be moments when you have to when you have to hit the boo button, like going into halftime when your team's just terrible. Like that puts pressure on teams too when your crowd when your crowd's booing you. Yeah, a team like Philly or the Jets, like they the Eagles. The Eagles yeah. actually did do that. Um, or the cow the Cowboys the other day. Like there there needs to be booing to to uh, be a little incentive to not be crappy. I will say the Eagles' first home game, uh, they did pipe in boos. That that's awesome. The thing, yeah, and because they, they said, "Wow, Carson Wentz just got booed by the fans and nobody was there," you know. And he's probably like, yeah, there's that comforting sound. Exactly. Exactly. 
All right, so as we move forward, I feel like this is going to be kind of a, um, a fun game to track. Uh, we do have our weekly games here to pick from, but one that we can track how we're doing when we're betting for Nebraska, when we're uh, betting against Nebraska, just to kind of keep track of uh, who really knows Nebraska the best. And so um, going into this week's games, uh, Danny is solely in last place at 11-11. You know, Brandon and I. Point is because he's no longer tied in last place. Exactly, no longer tied for last. Uh, Stoli in last. Uh, tied for second is Brandon and yours truly, myself, Andy, and then Kyle with a commanding four game. What are your lead. records? Uh, I'm thirteen and nine, and Brandon's thirteen and nine. So you're two okay. games back, and Kyle's got a commanding. Four game lead over second place right now. Well, that but means I'm, what? I'm, I'm 17 and what? You're 17 and five. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's decent for a guy who watches a lot of football. I want to know why my record was the only one that you said. Everyone else I meant to ask. say it, but I was, I'm sorry, Danny. I'm sorry. Oh. And, and so, taking to you, Danny, uh, again, this is an 11 a.m. kickoff. It's on Fox. Uh, OSU is favored by 26 points. Uh, what, uh, what, how do you see this game shaping out? Um, I mean, Nebraska won't, Nebraska won't cover that. It's going to be, it's going to be a worse beating than 26 points. Nothing to be upset about. That's just what's going to happen. Fair enough. Um, I kind of totally agree with you. Uh, I think there's too many question marks on that defensive side of the ball just because we haven't had a lot of success with it. And so I feel like I have to take Ohio State as well. Brandon? I got to tell you what. Nebraska is going to have an 80-yard touchdown run to open <laughs> the game with McCaffrey. And lose 73-7. And Ohio State's just going to be shocked. And uh, Nebraska's going to pull off the upset. Go Big Red. Go Huskers. Going for the win. Wait, does this, does this game count for our standings? You betcha. Even, oh, if it, even so, I don't, I don't Thanks, even think so be it. Nebraska hasn't lost yet this season. And uh, until they <laughs> show me that they, that they are capable of losing a game, I have to, have to go for the win here. Shouldn't, we, shouldn't Nebraska be actually starting number one preseason since we got – the Big Ten season started. I did put a little graphic as the uh, college football season started with the top 25, and I had removed all the conferences that weren't playing. And I did put Nebraska in at number 25. And then in parentheses, I said because the Big Ten had all forfeited, uh, which would give Nebraska wins by forfeit. But then they all ended up deciding to play, so that graphic is no longer valid. But yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to play. Yeah, so we're the first place really team right now. First team right now, yep. All right, Kyle, your uh, your outlook on the game? Yeah, to me, if if you don't have faith that your team can start 1-0, then then how depressing can can you live your life? So – Kind of like Brand says, until they prove to me one way or the other, I'm taking the Huskers to start. Wait it also God. helps that I have this this big, big cushion in the contest. God. But, Haven't they proven it, like, for the last 
five or six years. I'm not go into into a game just doubting uh, my team's ability to play a 26 point game. No, I'm taking the Huskers. This might be how I lose the the contest here is just being too faithful to the Huskers. But again, they're they're the one team I truly care about, and I'm I'm always gonna hope for the best. Uh, and like I said, I, I think it's going to be weird. It, it's going to be weird for these teams starting halfway through after all of these other teams have been playing for a month. It's going to be weird not having any fans there or just family for fans there. Um, and every kind of notch that you can kind of put on there uh, favors the underdog. And so uh, I'm really excited to, to see him play and, like I said, I, I think if, if we got an O-line that can hold up against the the type of pressure that the top teams in the Big Ten uh, can put on you, then let's see let's see how it goes. I'm I'm excited. Let's go let's go Huskers. Can you, I know, make- you know you're picking them to win, right? It's not you're not getting twenty six points. Yeah. I'm and, all the way. and based on the statement that you made, then you will be picking Nebraska in every single game this year. Quite possibly. If I'm picking oh, them against Ohio State, why wouldn't I pick them against whoever? Exactly. So I'm automatically back in the game. Can I make an obvious connection between how we got here to Big Ten football? And, uh, you know, if there if there's a story, like, about a little boy who met an alien that got left on uh, planet Earth, and the boy's name is Elliot, and uh, this little alien's name is E.T. And uh, you think Elliot is Nebraska. You know, he, he needs football. And he wants football to be successful, you know. And then E.T. is the game of football, you know. And then as that goes on, Elliot's older brother, who's kind of a punk, but overall wants to do the right thing. That's like Ohio State. And then the older brother's friends, that bike gang, you know. Uh, you know, like regular pedal bike group of kids. They're like the other Big Ten teams that wanted to play. And then you got the little sister who's always buttoning into everything, ruining everything. And when E.T. gets to go home for free, you know, and get and be free at home, uh, the little, the little uh, sister, Drew Barrymore, that, that would be like uh, Dennis Dodd and Pat Ford. Uh, just ruining everything and then crying when football gets to leave. And then the evil scientist doctors, that's like uh, the commissioner of Big Ten. And like, you know, football's gone. And then Elliot, oh, my little fingy, my little fingy. And then E.T., ouch. And he he heals, he heals Elliot. And so Elliot, just like the state of Nebraska, gets a little boost in the in the economy little boost to our morale, all that. So when I think of football now, all I can think of is how remarkably similar that our, this whole thing is basically played out before us in E.T. I didn't quote Never. the whole movie, I, but I was just, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about it yesterday and I thought, I mean, how could it be anything else, you know? Talk, and talking about famous movies that – we haven't seen. I I've not seen ET. Oh, I gotta tell you what, you gotta they probably have it at Walmart, Walmart online. 
and uh, just bust out your Nebraska land bank card, get that sucker on 4K and uh, watch it in, in ultra high def. When it, I, I tear up a little bit at the end of ET still now. And it's just, ET's is like, be good. And it's like, oh, yeah, ET. Yeah. Is, it a, is it a Spielberg movie? Yeah, it's, it's solid. And oh, and you want to know a crazy thing? So many people say that uh, E.T., the Atari 2600 video game, is the worst game ever made. And you, that is the first video game I ever beat, and I was like five years old when, when I beat that game. You just have to read the directions, world. It's not that hard to beat E.T. on the Atari 2600. Here's maybe the, the tangent of the night, just because Brandon talks about it, talked about it. What's a movie that you're willing or a, a specific part of a movie that you're willing to admit that you get emotional about or you cry, cry at? End of Marley and Me for sure. Oh, jeez. That's I definitely agree. I, I've never seen that movie, but I actually stopped reading that book about uh, like three quarters of the way through just because I assumed the dog would probably die at the end and I wasn't. Oh, spoiler alert. I wasn't down for that. I'll tell you, it's somewhat embarrassing, but it's not now. When I think in third or fourth grade, we had to read Where the Red Fern Grows. Have you guys read that? Oh, yeah. Yep. And it was like, like, like injuries to dogs make me sad. And so we read the whole book, and the teacher kept saying, building up like we're gonna watch the movie when we get when we get done with this we're gonna watch the movie and i had anxiety for the whole week leading up to watching that movie in third grade because i was so worried that i was gonna break down and cry when uh what is it what are the dogs get like beat up by the um whatever animals they're trying to trap and i was just so nervous that i was gonna i was gonna tear up during that part so uh you think old yeller then i've never read that or watched it? I never have either because I knew. I watched it because yeah. I knew what the ending would be, and I was like, pretty much any movie now when I'm at the theater and I see a dog, I'm like, not going to that one. I yeah. don't need that yeah. in my life right now. But yeah. we're getting back to the movie thing. I don't watch movies twice. There's a there's a there's a a couple that I like one that I've watched a whole bunch of times, and like Adam Sandler, Chris Farley movies I've seen a bunch of times, but. I don't watch movies more than once, so I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't answer that question. The old yeller, the old yeller part of actually having to to do it yourself, to do the deed yourself, I think is is heart wrenching. Two two spots, and then and, and, I don't know. Andy's kind of a cyborg on something, so he might not ever get emotional on on movie. But <laughs> so he just I'll said, speak- "Back to the Future." Well, speaking of that, though, so I'm kind of a a sympathetic crier, if you would. And so there's one movie that I love the movie, but I can't always make it through. It's Jack with Robin Williams. I can't. I mean, it just it's heart wrenching. And I I feel like I bawled my eyes out every time. Like when he asks his teacher to go to the dance with him because no, because she's the only one that looks like him. And she says no. And then like he grabs his heart, falls down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a Andy said he's never my favorite movie of all time is Goodwill Hunting. Oh yeah. And Andy Andy won't watch that because I recommended it to him. Um, I've never seen it. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I I told you it's my favorite movie ever. 
like three years ago and you still haven't gotten around to watching it. You seen but the prestige? There's a couple, there's a couple moments in there with it's, and it's probably cause it's Robin Williams, like one of the greatest actors of all time. And I really like Matt Damon, but there's a couple, it's not couple moments. Role. Yeah. Where they, where they're kind of making a connection. I wouldn't say they're like tear worthy, but they'll, they'll grab the emotions a little bit. Yeah, so like one of mine is obviously when Mufasa dies in, in Lion King. That's heart-wrenching. And then it's not a movie, it's it's a TV show. And it's always better when like it's it's not like Old Yeller when you know they're trying to get pull at the heartstrings. Though the one that kind of surprised me the most, and it was it was it's been a while ago when I since I've watched it the first time. But when I was watching The Office for the first time, and <laughs> Jim goes into Mike's office and he's like, you're not, you're not coming tomorrow. You're, you're leaving tonight. Right. And then mm-hmm. Mike start he starts to cry and he's like, no, no, we're going to do lunch tomorrow. And at lunch tomorrow, I'm going to tell you how, how great of a boss you turned out to be. And how that was sad. And like, I was watching it and my wife was, uh, had already went to bed and, I was sitting in the dark and it was like probably 1130. I think it was during the summer. So it wasn't like, and like I was exhausted because I was probably on like a seven hour uh, office binge. And like, I had like a couple of solemn tears roll down my face. And I was like, what are you doing? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> well, then you add in the final, the final episode where Jim can't be Dwight's best man. Best and Michael man. comes back. Yeah. He comes back. And like, I cry at that moment too, where I'm like, oh my God, he came back. And I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Why am I even crying at this? Like that, like I, cause I had never seen The Office. I was, I watched it with no spoilers. Like I always had heard or kind of knew that Mike was going to leave, but I didn't know that it was about to happen then. And I was like, oh my God, this, this is it. So it was actually like, I was watching it as it was coming out. Cause I didn't know it was happening. So. I but him coming back in the finale like I didn't know it was happening but I kind of expected it to happen so I guess I was always on the lookout for that. Well shoot what a what a great tangent that was. Not just one movie line but we talked about a heck of a lot right there. Uh so we already talked about a little bit about the standings from last week or going into this week. Uh, last week, Kyle and I went 3-0, and uh, Cincinnati and Tulane ended up getting COVID canceled and so, or postponed, I think, to mid-December or so. Um, so there are only three games to pick. And uh, so Kyle and I went 3-0, and and Danny and Brandon went 1-2. and uh, This week's games, uh, we already talked about Nebraska, so we're going to add the, the uh, weekly Nebraska game into our picks as well. But the first game of our non-Nebraska picks – uh, is a 2.30 game. It's on Fox, so right after that Husker game, just leave it on Fox, let it roll right into the next game. Um, it takes It's number 17, Iowa State, number 6, Oklahoma State. And, Danny, that was your game this week. Lay it on us. Yes, sir. Yeah, I count about 10 games uh, on the slate that I'll be keeping an eye on or watching. Uh, obviously, Nebraska, I do want to throw out there that uh, Coastal Carolina did win last week and they are now ranked 25th in the nation they'll be playing georgia southern um i know that i'm actually a north carolina fan now because i was really mad at the end of that game if anybody watched the end of 
uh, North Carolina. There were three drops in a row. They could have gone down, I think, kicked a field goal to win. But the uh, receivers kept dropping passes, and it was legit making me mad. So I, uh, I know I'm a North Carolina fan now, I guess. Uh, but as far as my pick for the week, Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This game's 230, like you said, on Fox. Um, I, I'm not surprised that Oklahoma State's a favorite, but I really think that they their, their wins aren't so impressive just because of teams that they've played so far this year, Tulsa, West Virginia, and uh, the good old Kansas Jayhawks. Um, Iowa State, uh, the 17th-ranked team in the nation, Oklahoma State, ranked sixth. Um, I would argue that the Big 12, just because of the results and the lack of defense, has made themselves irrelevant probably this year. Um, but I would think there's a likely chance that whoever wins the Big 12 may get that fourth spot in the college football playoff. And I'm predicting that it's going to be Iowa State. Uh, I think I think they're going to get there. Maybe by process of elimination, Oklahoma's kind of eliminated themselves. So the door may be open just a little bit. And if, uh, if they can beat Oklahoma State this week, they're obviously one step closer. Um, I, kinda, I did want to ask you guys about Mike Gundy. I don't know if this needs to be a full conversation or not, but that was a guy that I thought at one point was kind of interesting, um, just, just a character. But now I wonder if he's if he's maybe worn out his welcome a little bit and getting a little little annoying to some people and and almost like become maybe a caricature and and for for that reason I'm kind of starting to root against him a little bit although I think this is going to be a, a matchup of good uniforms uh, look for both teams to be wearing something something fresh on Saturday uh, but as a you know. I've said it before, but I have family that's that's uh, Iowa State fans, and so I'm always got an eye on them and, and rooting for them, uh, especially when the Huskers weren't playing earlier this season, and Iowa State's off to a good start. So we've got the Cyclones with the win over Oklahoma State and the Mike Gundys. I don't know who's who's picking this game next, but uh, but I'll throw it to you. All right, so uh, I I think you kind of break up a good point about Mike Gundy. Uh, I feel like he was such a different type of coach five, six, almost 10 years now ago. Everybody's kind of that player's coach, if you would. And so what he does now isn't out there anymore. It's kind of the norm. And so I feel like he, you kind of make a good point that he is, you know, he's kind of lost, lost, lost his lackluster. He's become lackluster. Jeez Louise. That was terrible. Um, but their starting quarterback uh, got hurt in the opening game against Tulsa. And so they haven't played with their starting quarterback since the first quarter of week one, two, whatever you want to call that def default week there. Um, so to be where they are ranked number six, I think says a lot about the completeness of their team uh, all time. And I, I, I bring it to time record because I think I found the coolest website possible it's called Winnipeg, and it, it breaks down matchups. So, like, this week, uh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State have played, oh, shoot, 60 times or so, roughly. And it tells you who won, how many times, how many wins they comparatively have had for their entire 
uh, history. So it's, I was looking at it with Brandon the other day, and um, it's, it's got some pretty sweet stuff. Um, not that that matters at all. They both both teams got great running backs, um, but Oklahoma State has good linebackers this year. Their defense is kind of what's kept them in the game, and so uh, Iowa State's always better once that September calendar turns into October, and we'll get the the best Iowa State team possible. But I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State. Brandon, who you got? This game is like almost impossible to predict for me. Um, I think Oklahoma State has better athletes. And I think in the past, um, the Big 12 officiating crews have kind of made a point to help out some teams that they think could be having a better chance into the playoff and where I just think they're going to give Oklahoma State every favorable matchup, which is probably a stupid thing, but I'm always going to be kind of bitter about uh, Nebraska-Texas back in the day and all that. So really based on nothing else, I just think uh, – I think who knows who's going to win and if it comes down to some of those games where you don't know what's going to happen – Sometimes the officials make the difference, and I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna screw Iowa State over, and uh, Oklahoma State will win the game. That's my there's prediction. A, there's a lot of Iowa State fans who would really enjoy what you just said. I think, I think they have a little bit of a persecution complex sometimes. <laughs> you just you're feeding into it. All those Cyclone Good. fans that are listening right now. For you Cyclone fans. The feel is real, all right? They are plotting against you, and uh, just pay attention. Just just keep a track of how many uh, missed holdings that they have and how many phantom holdings uh, you have, and and I'd be curious to know how it goes out. That's How is Oklahoma State ranked sixth with wins over Tulsa, West Virginia, and Kansas? There's not that many undefeated teams left. <laughs> Well, about, about to happen. Win or lose, you will start to see some of these teams that win and then still drop in the rankings as they try to balance out where the Big Ten teams should actually fall. So like, it, Do we know when, when the first uh, playoff committee rankings are supposed to come out? Because usually it's like right around now. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I would say – Everything is going to be delayed, so maybe end of October, two or three weeks into into the Big Ten season. I know they backed it up. They usually, like you said, dance right around you know that week seven, week six mark where we're kind of at uh, on the schedule wise. But they said they're going to back it up and let the Pac-12 if they you know start in time or whatever. But so that way, the Big Ten gets a few games into it. Um, but Kyle. Where are you sitting at with this game? Well, I'm going to give you a lot of football reasons why I think one team's going to win, and then I'm actually going to pick the another the other team to win for completely random reasons. Uh, I honestly think uh, – He's big, getting cocky with his picks now is what he's saying. The, the Big 12, to me, is the biggest front-running conference in, in the nation because when things go right, they have about seven teams. Then when things are going good – 
they'll win by 30 points. But then as soon as they get into about that midway through the third quarter and it's close, you start to see them unravel. Like Oklahoma against Kansas State where, shoot, they're up by 14 all the way through. They had a couple chances to extend it. They didn't. And then as soon as Kansas started punching them back, they had no answer for it. Uh, all of their defenses are built to play from the lead. And then you got teams like Kansas State and Iowa State who are, are kind of going in the, the other direction. They're kind of trying to play a more physical brand of football instead of going with the spread uh, that the Southern teams play because Kansas State and Iowa State just know that, the, like, if they go try to go athlete for athlete against these teams from Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to lose out just because of the recruits that they can get. And so I do think that Iowa State is the type of team that will – uh, kind of get the game ugly, which Oklahoma State does not like to play ugly football. They like to play the the pretty kind of football where they're having 80% completion percentages and, and throwing the ball all over the field and maybe sneak in a, 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 a zone run uh, to the right and left through these gaping holes because everybody's playing to the outside. Um, but I'm not going to pick Iowa State. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State for this one and only reason. Uh, Oklahoma State are the Cowboys. My high school is the Cowboys. There's your hometown shout Wait, out. Where, where are you from again? Where's that high school? And not only do we share the same mascot, we share the same colors. Uh, so in, uh, in my younger days and even in my current days, uh, I would always go to the Oklahoma State website and try to find all of the – the cowboy gear that they had that doesn't have OSU all over it. And I would wear it for, uh, for my high school stuff. So uh, for no other reason than all of the, this, the not free, free stuff, but uh, all of the cool stuff that we would never actually get from our own school. Uh, I'm picking Oklahoma state. Uh, but quick question. We, we better make it finalized on, on the pod here. Danny, is this the burrito bowl of this week? Did we make it official? I actually think we might have decided that it's the Nebraska game. I mean, <laughs> how does that, when does that get decided? Because you're so you're so adamant that uh, that Nebraska is actually going to win the game. I don't think Nebraska, even with getting 26 points, will. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to win-win satisfaction of like, oh, you know what? The Huskers played well. It was a close game. I don't care that I got to buy you a breakfast burrito. I, I at least I have something to look forward to because the the Huskers have proven that they're good this year. No, it, it's it's not the Husker game. No, you're taking Nebraska. I'm taking Ohio State. Yeah, I know. But if if I if I win the burrito bet, then you can be like, oh, I'll buy the burrito. The Huskers look good. They only lost by two touchdowns. Like, I'll take that. I thought we were going to get killed. We have a good team here. And then it's a win-win for you. Oh, so it's so winning a bet's not good enough for you? You also want me to, like, feel pain at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I'm not willing to commit to uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma State right now. All we're right. going to have to continue this discussion tomorrow and uh, – right. We'll, we'll post it on our Twitter account because I'm yeah. sure everybody's going to be eagerly waiting that. Yeah, the Burrito Bowl is TBD for this week. Yeah. I am, just so everybody knows, I know we have a million different rankings. 
I am one and two in the breakfast burrito bowl so far this year. And the, and buying the breakfast burrito Monday morning uh, before school made my day start in like the most terrible way. And it wasn't because I had to buy a burrito. It was because of all the other, like it was just like a series of events that um, I'm not going to go into right now. But like by the time I got to school and gave Kyle his burrito at, 7 55 in the morning i i felt like i had already lived an entire day so uh, i'm gonna try to avoid having to do that again just just specifically for that so you, uh, let me think this one over a little bit i'll get back to you tomorrow kyle all right all right the second game on our docket uh goes from the 2 30 matchup to a six o'clock matchup it's the debut of the mountain west this weekend uh, it is wyoming at Nevada, Wyoming enters at a four-and-a-half-point favorite. At least that's what I saw last time I checked. Um, again, it's a 6 o'clock kickoff on the CBS Sports Network. Brandon, this is your game. Take it away. I'm pretty excited about Wyoming football coming back, too. I didn't realize how much I enjoyed watching them play just, you know, when Nebraska wasn't playing and stuff last year. So I'm excited about that. And it's a matchup. Between uh, two former Nebraska assistants, we got Jade Norvell and uh, Craig Bull going at it. So they should call. They should have this be like the Candy Corn Bowl for like the Candy Corn Champion of former Cornhusker coaches. But I think uh, it's going to be a pretty close game. I was surprised Wyoming was favored. You know, if especially on the road even though they did beat Nevada handily last year. Uh, Wyoming was 8-5 and five last year. They whooped up on Georgia State in their bowl game. They had a really good quarterback last year named Sean Chambers. He was dual threat and exciting to watch. And then uh, he got a knee injury, and then they played a bunch of other quarterbacks. Uh, one of them left to go to uh, Idaho State, I believe. But they still have Levi Williams back, who I thought was really good last year uh, as the reserve. He's, he's bigger than Sean Chambers, um, quite a bit bigger, actually. And he's still athletic, and he's tough. I don't know. I think, I think they'll be successful with either of those quarterbacks. Valaday is their running back. He had 1,200 yards rushing last year. Uh, they have a good defensive end, Garrett Crawl. But he's out for this opening game, I guess. But they said he'll be back for the, for the next game. He had some kind of a foot injury. Uh, they replaced a bunch of wide receivers. But Craig Bull said that this is a really talented and deep tight end position. Uh, so, and he likes running 12 personnel quite a lot. And so I don't think they're going to miss those wide receivers so much, having two tight ends out there. Two of the tight end targets are six foot seven, and uh, I don't know. He's good at creating mismatches, and they're those kind of tight ends that are good to help block the run, but also, you know, they can go out and run routes and catch a ball. So that's uh, Wyoming for Nevada. Carson Strong returns as uh, as their quarterback. They were seven and six last year. They lost to Ohio in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Uh, Tua, Tawa, however you say it, T-A-U-A, their running back. He rushed for 800 yards last year. 
they have five starters returning back on defense and only one returning starter on the defensive line, and that's Don Peterson, which to me – your cousin? No, no relation. He's an S-O-N. He spells it the stupid way. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But anyway, uh, I think that kind of spells a little doom for Nevada, especially for as physical as Wyoming can be up front. Um, Nevada also has a couple good corner, uh, or has a good corner who has a, had a couple picks last year. Uh, Robbins, he's decent. So, um, one tragic thing, uh, heart goes out to Jay Norvell, his dad, Merritt passed away. And so he's actually not with the team this week. He'll be back for the game on Saturday. And, uh, that'd be, you know, just like, Coach Frost, you know, a terrible thing to go through. I think, obviously, the Nevada players are going to want to play real hard for him and play inspired football to win for the loss of their head coach. But I think, uh, man, Craig Bull's really turning things around at Wyoming. Uh, a lot of the predictions have Wyoming winning like six games this year, you know, which is pretty solid. And uh, so I – you know, I don't know. I I almost thought of picking Nevada, but I just think Wyoming's going to be able to get it done. And I think the physicality of them and and those type of offense sometimes are going to be easier to come back instead of something with more of the aerial attack. And I I think they're going to think they're going to win a tight football game. It's going to be real close, but go Cowboys. Ooh, Danny. Your thoughts on the Wyoming-Nevada game? Well, I'm actually kind of curious about Craig Bowl because his record at Wyoming is 36-40. and 40. And it looks like even in their conference, they're not – like they're finishing maybe upper half, but not like winning their conference. Curious Last about the, the expectations of the Wyoming fan base. Are they just kind of content with, with where they're at? Is there just – not a lot of expectations. Is he comfortable in his job or is his seat ever going to get hot? Well, don't forget they, they are got, Wyoming football. I think they got uh, – most of their losses last year were by less than a touchdown. One of them was an overtime loss. So, I think they're just thinking, hey, we got this quarterback coming back and, and these big weapons on the inside. So, I, I think that's their optimism. They're obviously not – is high profile of a coaching job, but I think they like Craig Bull and he's made some bowl games there and he recruits well for him. And I think they oh. like his brand of football that they use. So, yeah, they're not bad. They're, they're steady, but yeah, I was just kind of looking through his, his stats. Uh, as far as my pick. So I have a friend who went to a high school and their high school was called the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys. Their logo, get this, was the same as what the Wyoming Cowboys use as their logo. That's copyright infringement, right? And that is copyright infringement. And, you know, my friend has told me this story. Um, literally every time Wyoming gets brought up and <laughs> – he just seems a little bitter about it. Like, you know, my high school should be able to use whatever 
uh, cowboy we want, regardless of what copyrights it infringes. <laughs> and you know what? Good for you, Wyoming, to hold people accountable. You developed that sort of ugly cowboy logo. And if a tiny school in the corner of, of the state of Nebraska is going to use it, There's no you hold them accountable and you go get them. And so for that reason, for Wyoming being, you know, living up to the, the toughness of the, uh, of the cowboys of, of yesteryear. Sticking to their guns. And sticking to their guns and pulling out their six shooters when they have to. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going with Wyoming. And I also watched Tombstone last night. That's a good movie. How many times have you seen Wyoming? that movie? Uh, that was like, I've probably seen it once and then I watched some of it last night. I got you. All right. So I'm also going to go Wyoming, but Brandon said that Nevada has one returning defensive starter on the D line. And uh, in a wild or in a pretty much downhill running Wyoming uh, running attack, uh, that spells some trouble for Nevada. So I'm going to go Wyoming as well. Uh, Kyle, uh, you mentioned earlier that the mascot that you had in high school was a cowboy. Um, was it the same cowboy? Is are you the the mystery friend that Danny was bringing up a few minutes ago? No, he he was ripping off Oklahoma State cowboy. Oh. That's different different cowboy i think actually wyoming got in trouble for copywriting oklahoma state's cowboy a long time ago and then that's when they switched to their other one yeah. Talk about full circle right one to no one <laughs> only i might have asked this question before on the podcast who knows might be in reruns already but only <laughs> one other school in the state of nebraska with the nickname cowboys what is it uh boys town boys town cowboys Ooh. Uh, Which is weird because they're right in the middle of Omaha, and you don't yeah. really think of cowboys in the middle of Omaha. And talking about uh, mascot ripoff, you want to know what their logo is? Isn't the star from the, the Dallas, Dallas Cowboy Star? Cowboy Star. So that's my biggest gripe with with everything that's just an obvious ripoff, like the Wisconsin W. Um, <laughs> Cody Kilgore, Nebraska, is the one that gets their feet held to the fire. Um, but regardless, uh, I honestly have kind of a different opinion than you, Danny. Like, obviously, maybe the, the record isn't always there. But like I mentioned before, they are Wyoming football. So I think there has to be some sort of a, a sliding scale on expectations there. I would say a, a long period of around 500 football where maybe a couple of years you're, you're eight and four getting into a, a bigger bowl game. Uh, I think is exactly what they're after. Shoot, if you look at, at Josh Allen, he's probably having an MVP caliber season. And and so that's something that uh, Craig Bull can kind of hang his hat on because he's a, a Wyoming product as well. So, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I, I kind of have a different opinion of it. I also have a friend uh, that lives in Wyoming who likes to go to a couple of, of UW games and it obviously they're fans of the football game, but I think uh, most of the Wyoming fans treat it as like the social scene or uh, an excuse to get together and drink because uh, Wyoming allows alcohol sales in their stadium. And, and it's just a reason to gather more than like you go to the Husker game. And if they win, it's a huge party. And if they, they lose, it's, it's devastation. I think Wyoming is just focused on the party and the fun aspect of it. So uh, that was that was I that was Iowa State for years. 
same deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, Ames would always be like, uh, kind of the, the poor man's road trip for a Husker game. Cause it was easier to get into, to Ames or into Manhattan for a Husker game than it would be to actually get into Memorial stadium. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I always heard that Ames was kind of a cool, cool spot to go, but no, I'm taking the Cowboys as well to keep the sweep alive. Mm. So no, uh, there's no lingering bitterness then over the whole mascot fiasco. Because because now it, it kind of it obviously sucked at the time, but now uh, just spoiler alert, it is my school that Danny was bringing up. I know it was kind of hard to to tell through the veiled comments, but it was my school. <laughs> but now it's kind of cool because they do have a mascot that literally nobody else has. They're the a logo that nobody else has. Unlike I said, 10,000 other schools that are just straight copying one division school program or another. The Philadelphia Eagles did it to Shattern. Yep. That's also when I was there with the, I was torn. Yeah. With the Eagle wings on the helmet. (laughs) I hate, I hate picking sides on that stuff, man. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, what do I do? What do I do here? That was during the Danny Woodhead years too. Cause some of his most famous Shattered State pictures have the, the Philadelphia Eagle wings on them. And so yeah. now, because, uh, because Philadelphia said that they stole their stuff, <laughs> now Shattered's helmet looked like a straight ripoff of Alabama's. So, yeah, it does. Uh, Gosh. What a <laughs> – our third game of the evening is a 6.30 kickoff. So after the first quarter or so of – the Wyoming and Nevada game. If you are looking for a second TV game to watch, uh, 6.30 is the debut of the Big Ten, other than the Husker game earlier. Uh, Number 18, Michigan, at number 21, Minnesota. Michigan starts at a three – or, yeah, Michigan is a a three-and-a-half point favorite. It's on ABC. Kyle, this is your game. Go ahead and take it away. Uh, Yeah, kind of putting – two of the most polarizing coaches in the Big Ten matched up together. Uh, first game of the year, uh, prime time. This is where college game day will be uh, kind of head-to-head. P.J. Fleck and, and Harbaugh kind of going at it. Uh, I don't know, Minnesota, as much as Nebraska fans would, would hate to admit it, Minnesota's kind of the, the up-and-coming team in the Big Ten, like – Kind of Minnesota has taken everything that Nebraska fans thinks that they deserve to be there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because uh, it does feel like P.J. Fleck kind of feeds off of uh, positive and negative energy. I think he just absorbs it all and turns it into positive energy for himself. So is he really uh, that crazy of a guy that he can get so amped up in a stadium with, with zero fans in it? Uh, can he, does his shtick still work when he can't feed off of everything around him? Or, and I honestly do think that he's the kind of guy that, uh, just by power of will, at least for the first half of the season, will be able to get his, his guys riled up at least into a lather. Uh, so you got that on one side and then you look at Michigan, who's obviously the, the establishment and Michigan is dealing with a, a stay at home order, uh, for their state and for their school. And yet uh, they're still doing activities and, and obviously the football team is still practicing and, 
it kind of seems like the football team or, or whatever activity seems to be going on are the only people uh, on the campus of Michigan that are allowed to kind of mingle around campus going to and from places. So I don't know. I just, I think it's an interesting matchup to start the year. Um, obviously PJ Fleck and uh, Minnesota are kind of on the upswing, but just kind of like it's Wyoming football it still is Minnesota football. So is this an ascension that is, is still going to be ascending or is, are they going to kind of regress towards the mean and, and start that kind of downhill slide too? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm interested to kind of see uh, what both teams look like. So what's, what's your pick, Kyle? Oh, I, I thought we were going to banter back. back mm, well, <laughs> I want to know your pick first. That way I can steal it here in a couple of minutes. <laughs> uh, but just before I make my pick, because – uh, here's here's banter. Which co which which of those two coaches would? Since you always want to go on a little weekend trip, if you had to have us four and one of those coaches go to Vegas for the weekend, who would you take with? I don't even think it's close. I, I've listened to a couple of of interviews with with Harbaugh, and I think that dude is just too intense. Like, if you're at the the blackjack table. I think he's going to be yelling at the guy at third base for, for messing up everybody's cards. If you're at a, a gentleman's establishment, I think he's going to be critiquing uh, the entertainment too much. Like, I just – I don't think you can have a good time with him. And I think P.J. Fleck is the kind of guy where wherever he is at, that's the cool place to be, or at least that's his, his mindset. So, I think P.J. Fleck would make it – make it his job to make sure that everybody is dialed up to an 11 the entire time, which while you're in Vegas is exactly what you want. Uh, he would also be the worst guy to have with you on the flight back home to, <laughs> because that's where, that's where dreams go to die is that. I, I was going to say like, he'd be the guy that when I want to sleep in on a trip, he'd be knocking on my door with two cups of coffee at like six 30 in the morning. Like, Hey bud. And he yeah. he definitely says, "Hey, bud." I know that just by looking at him. But uh, no, I, those yeah, are those are the kind of guy that says, "Hey, if you were given twenty four thousand eight hundred dollars every day and you had to spend every dollar of it before uh, before the day was over, would you do it?" And you'd say, "Heck yeah!" And he'd be like, "Well, that's exactly what you get for every second of the day. So let's go, bud." <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't even think it's close. It's PJ Fleck. Let's get let's get him booked. But uh, yeah, so here's my reason for why who's going to win the game. Here's my reason for why I'm picking Michigan. Okay, after again, I just sold how good I think Minnesota can be. Anybody know uh, who Michigan's quarterback is going to be? I heard he's big. Well, that makes sense. A big Anybody? guy with a good arm. He sounds like a. Total, like, dude that Harbaugh would just love. Guesses, anybody? Nobody has it? It's not McCaffrey's brother, is it? It is not McCaffrey's brother. He's the he's their back. He's the backup. He's transferring. McCaffrey? Isn't he? I thought somewhere, somewhere I read he was transferring. Guys, where's your preparation? Michigan's quarterback this year goes by the name of Joe Milton. It's my good old cousin Joe. So <laughs> – uh, I'm picking Michigan based on name alone. 
Okay, Joe Melton leading the the Michigan Wolverines. I think their defense is going to kind of carry them this game. Hopefully, uh, cousin Joe will will make enough plays offensively. But I think the biggest thing in the Big Ten this year is uh, is the offense. Is how long does it take them to kind of get up to speed? Um, so taking Michigan. I also want to say, like, I, I spent a large chunk of my my youth never having anybody with the same last name. Like, I didn't have any Petersons or Butlers. I don't know if there's any Whitney's, but, like, there have been famous people with your guys' last names, like Leroy Butler uh, or, or anything like that. But within the last couple of years, I didn't even know this Joe Melton guy besides he's my cousin. Uh, until well, Mackenzie Milton. Uh, yeah, then you at UCF, and then uh, Philadelphia 76ers point guard, Shake Milton. <laughs> so it, it's, it's good to see the family name getting out there. So going Good Michigan. run for Cody. Kill yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Danny. So are you going to go with uh, the Michigan Wolverines or Diet Dabo? with Minnesota Golden Gophers. Whoa, whoa. Two two different two different cats there. Although I'm 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 watching this game specifically for entertainment. There's gonna be entertainment everywhere. Um I feel like actually and I hate saying this because you guys know my disdain for PJ Fleck. Um and I wouldn't even say that I've I've you know gained respect for him personally. I still think he's kind of an irritating tool, and I would not want to go on a, a trip with him or Harbaugh. The correct answer was I would opt out. Like, I would, I would like come up with an excuse. I've tried to plan. <laughs> yeah, I'd come up with an excuse of why, uh, why I couldn't go. But I have earned a lot of respect or gained a lot of respect for, for Minnesota and the team. Like, I, I feel like – and obviously that's giving P.J. credit, but they're – you can't see my hands on the podcast, but Minnesota's going like this. Like, they're on a steady climb, and I feel like Michigan is just kind of like maybe Harbaugh brought him up a little, but I feel like he's kind of planned out. And we talked about that, that a few weeks ago, like how hard it is to maintain a really good quality program. I think Harbaugh always struggles with that just because of his personality, and I think that, uh, that P.J. Fleck is able to – he's in the building process right now. I think maybe in a few years it might plane out a little bit, but I'm going to give Minnesota the win here just because I think um, that they proved it last year with a good season. I think there's going to be nothing but a sort of a continuation of that progress this year. And I think Michigan seems like they're in a, just a weird situation with what Kyle was saying with what's going on on campus. Um, there seems to be a little bit uncertainty with their roster, like over the past couple of weeks, um, not even having named a, a, a starting quarterback. I think they had a, a guy just decide that he wasn't even going to play this season. Um, I think that there seems to just be a little bit more progress and stability with Minnesota right now. So, so I got, I got the Gophers. Gosh, I'm a little upset, Danny, you didn't address more than there's, there are two different guys to my diet dabo comment there. I thought that was pretty good. Um, no, uh, I, I'm going to go Michigan. They've played 103 times. and uh, That's the oldest Michigan, trophy game 
right? Sure, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, the Michigan. oldest oldest existing game where two teams are playing for a trophy. I don't know. I can't remember what the trophy's called, but well, Michigan has has a seventy five to twenty five to three tie over uh, Minnesota. So they're they're quite a bit behind in the old the old overall race there. But um, I don't know. I, I I think I like PJ Fleck a lot. I think Minnesota's jerseys are pretty darn cool. They embrace the maroon. They embrace the gold. They have some cool alternates. Uh, so I think that's kind of a low key uniform game, kind of like we talked about earlier with Oklahoma State and Iowa State. And uh, and so I'm I I feel like I gotta go Michigan simply before because of the name brand. Um, but but anyway, Brandon, what are your thoughts here? So who'd you pick? I picked Michigan. Oh, okay. Well, I like uh, Dabo, but I got to go Michigan. The obvious connection and comparison between these two teams starts with the logo. Speaking of logos from earlier, on, on Doug Flutie's Maximum Football, I was trying to make the Minnesota Gophers logo. Every single M on every typeface, the M, the edges of the M go straight up and down vertical. But the Minnesota one, they come at an angle. That kind of puzzled me a little bit. Then I got to thinking, wait a minute, W's tend to go out wide like that. That that Minnesota M, that's not even an M. It's an upside-down W. So that's how I created it on uh, Doug Flutie's football. What the heck, man? Anyway, so I guess uh, between the two, I would probably say the – Defense for Michigan, even though uh, last week I said uh, defense, in fact, does not win championships because uh, Alabama showed that to me when they were able to win their game without, without uh, you know, that shouldn't have happened. But in the Big Ten, I think defense still is important. And... Michigan, kind of like what Kyle said, defense is going to carry him. Harbaugh was also in Tecmo Super Bowl for the Nintendo, and uh, he was a quarterback in that game, which is pretty cool. I'm going Michigan, Michigan Wolverines. Whoa. Right. Am, I the only, am I the only Minnesota? Yes, yes, you are. This is kind of a make-or-break week for you, Danny, here as, as we kind of roll into our final game of the night. Uh, it's an 8 o'clock game. So as the 6 o'clock game and maybe Wyoming's getting out of hand because they're just running down Nevada's throat, uh, you can have your second TV turn on ESPN2. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. Uh, it's number 9, Cincinnati, at number 16, SMU. SMU, SMU uh, opens as a three-point favorite. Uh, last week, I picked Cincinnati versus Tulsa as my game of the week. That game was canceled uh, due to COVID concerns on Cincinnati's sideline. Uh, they did not release information on numbers nor names of who um, who was involved. And so that's a little shaky uh, to pick. Cincinnati, all time. Again, this comes from that Winsipedia suite website, so make sure you check that out. It's, a, it's a, again, a cool website of comparisons. Uh, Cincinnati is – three and one all time against SMU. And so it's kind of crazy just to, uh, 
the Thinka team has only played four times, and they started playing back when the conference, the American conference, uh, came came to be. Uh, I agree. Question. Yep. How relevant do you think any of that information is? I'm I'm just gonna say it's very relevant, just because I said it. Because when when was the last time they played? Last year. Oh, because like that's always funny, like because uh, Nebraska's so new to the Big Ten, like they'll always show these all-time records, and it's just like against Illinois, Nebraska has a fourteen to three edge, and then you always start looking and like they've played a couple of times recently, and then it's like. But before that, it was 1973, and it's like, oh, I don't think they're really diving back into the playbook for, for any, anything off of that. Southern State's undefeated against the Buffaloes. <laughs> Colorado Buffaloes, 1-0. So, and so, Kyle, that's kind of my whole point, is they hadn't played before the conference came to be, and so they've only played in the last four years or so whenever that American conference came around. Um, if you... You download last week's episode uh, where I talked about Cincinnati. Uh, you'll you'll hear kind of the same idea about how Cincinnati's offense has not been very good. They've been very much ground oriented. Uh, Desmond Ritter is their quarterback. I feel like he's been there for quite a while, but nothing really has ever, um, you know, he hasn't taken the next step. Whereas their defense is what's what's to watch. Their secondary um, is kind of highly rated amongst a lot of the pro scouts. Uh, SMU is kind of the opposite at the other end. Uh, they're led by quarterback Shane Bouchelle, who was a Texas transfer. Uh, he's been at SMU for a few years now. Um, but, Danny, I got a quick question for you. What's your Hello. favorite – What's your favorite style of offense? If, if we were to talk the last few weeks, what you, what are you being educated upon? Um, I, I'll, I'll either go straight air raid, just throwing the ball all over the place, or, or I like um, kind of like uh, an up-tempo kind of screen game type of offense. Okay. so Just with, with, with different looks and, di- and different sets and kind of unpredictable. And, and so I bring that up because SMU, their head coach is Sonny Dykes. And Sonny Dykes is known for his air raid tendencies. And so I kind of got on this real random tangent today when I was looking up SMU stuff. Um, by the way, SMU going into week six, so this is about two weeks old, they're the highest ranked team in Texas. And yes, that was before Texas A&M knocked off Florida and they got jumped by Texas A&M. But in a college football week, when was the last time you saw SMU ranked higher than any other team in Texas? Uh, it had to been like the Pony Express days, right? Early 80s, maybe. Which is what? Pony Express helped me out. I wasn't alive yeah, then. I, I think oh. – Well, I was probably just born. But uh, I'm guessing it was like 1981 when Craig James and those guys were there. So, anyway, back to Sonny Dykes. Again, he's a well, – Do you have the answer to that question or no? I don't know. I was just asking because I, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think uh, Pony Express is early 80s. Yeah, before their death penalty for – Yeah. Oof. Um, anyway, back to Sonny Dykes, though. Again, a true air raid student teacher, master of it now. Uh, he started out as a grad assistant for How Mummy at Kentucky – uh, how Mummy's the father of the air raid, and they developed it at Kentucky. After that, he moved to be an assistant coach at Texas Tech with Mike Leach. 
then he became the wide receivers coach at Arizona, where he uh, was the position coach for Michael Thomas, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, so kind of some big name dudes from Arizona. He became the head coach at Louisiana Tech. Um, I feel like Louisiana Tech was maybe at its height, but they were, he was only 22 and 15. I always kind of remember Louisiana Tech having some pretty darn good teams um, while he was there, even though it's only a plus seven record in like three years or so. Uh, after that, he took over the head coach of California Bears, where as a true freshman, he named Jared Goff his starting quarterback. So, again, he kind of got handed the keys to a convertible. Um, at Cal, he only had a 19-30 and 30 record, uh, but has kind of, after being fired from Cal, turned SMU around and he's 20-11, and 11, um, and he's, he's got some pretty good teams the last couple of years. Um, I think the issue becomes Cincinnati's good at running the ball, SMU can't stop the run, and SMU has a great passing attack led by Shane Bouchelle, but Cincinnati's defense is pretty darn strong in the secondary. So it's kind of a weakness versus uh, strength for Cincinnati um, and strength versus strength when we talk about SMU. And so I think SMU's kind of got a, a, tough, a tough go here this week. Uh, we've seen some air raid style offensive struggle. Mississippi State putting up two points last week, which, woof, not, not good if you're throwing the ball 70 times a game and you're only getting two points. Um, so uh, Cincinnati's head coach is Luke Fickle, who, you know, is, is had a year at Ohio State and has made Cincinnati a pretty darn good team with back-to-back 11-1 seasons. Uh, a, the AAC race is kind of – this is a big matchup weekend for the American Athletic Conference because I know everybody cares about the American Athletic Conference. We're going to fill you in here real quick. Uh, Navy, who we talked about after like week one or week two when they got stomped by uh, a, a few teams, is sitting at 3-0. and So they were 0-2 and now they're 3-0 and uh, in league play. So they sit at the top. SMU is 2-0, and Cincinnati 1-0, and Houston 1-0, and and Tulsa 1-0. and So SMU and Cincy play. So the, one of them is going to kind of knock each other down a peg. And Navy and Houston play. So it's kind of a big weekend in the American Athletic Conference. Um, with that being said, um, I, I feel like the Bearcats are going to kind of earn their number, what I say, their number nine ranking and uh, knock off number six SMU. Danny, your thoughts? Yeah, this is one of those interesting uh, matchups where the rankings say one thing and Vegas says the other. You've got SMU, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorite, who's ranked 16th over the number nine team, uh, Cincinnati. Now, if it comes down to trusting Vegas odds makers or rankings makers, I'm probably going to go with Vegas odds makers most of the time. Although two and a half is, you know, less than a field goal. So it probably isn't going to make much of a difference here. Um, I like to bring everything back to uniforms. I think we're going to see a cool uniform matchup here. I, I liked SMU coming back to prominence last season uh, just because they brought the, the 1980s style uniforms and color scheme uh, with them still didn't try to like do any sort of new, new school stuff with it. Um, and then Cincinnati who I, I've talked about their uniforms before, they are kind of the, the new school, a lot of different, different uh, alternates, a lot of, a lot of different kind of mixing up of their colors. So 
I'm excited for the uniform matchup in this one. Um, and I'm going to use, I'm going to use Andy's reasoning um, that I think it's going to probably be too much to ask for SMU uh, to, to do it all through the air against Cincinnati. And I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win the game. All right, Brandon, your pick. I'm going Cincinnati earlier in the year. I thought they'd be a team before all the other conferences joined. They could possibly be a playoff team, you know, and, but I, they won't make the playoffs now, but I think they still win their games. So I'm going Cincinnati. All right, Kyle, the last pick of the night, Cincinnati at SMU. SMU. Who do you have? I might seriously just blow that big four game lead that I have all in one night. <laughs> uh, I honestly, it, and, and obviously, I don't know. I don't think that there's a team that we have talked more about but have gotten less out of than Cincinnati in terms of time spent on this podcast. And obviously last week it was, it was due to COVID and stuff like that, but it, it was them with it. So I don't know. I would assume maybe they're going to be down at least some depth. And like I said, I, I'm honestly just, I'm tired of talking about Cincinnati. Uh, Ohio state is back playing. So they are now once again, for all eternity relegated to being the JV team in Ohio. So uh, I'm picking SMU. I couldn't tell you one single player's name from either side. I'm just going with SMU because for just lack of any other reason, I'm tired of talking about Cincinnati. So uh, Danny, as as your points go, um, usually home field advantage is, is, is worth three points. Because there is no home field advantage. I think people are saying that it's knock, knocking it down to about a two-and-a-half point difference. So I think Vegas is telling you that this is essentially a pick em game. So I don't know. I think I'm on an island in two or three of the games we picked. So either, like I said, we're, it's going to be a, a heated competition next week or I'm going to have a big lead. Or for the same reason I told Andy the last time, some of the games might go your way and some of the games might go my way and we might be in the exact same spot next year, next week. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. A, lot of, a lot of ways that could shake out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say it kind of – it goes against kind of how the first couple of weeks went where we were all one team or all the other team. And so just to kind of quick recap, uh, Brandon and – uh, Kyle both picked Nebraska Go to beat Ohio State. And uh, Danny and I picked Ohio State to beat Nebraska. And so um, a chance for us to both climb a game there. Um, Danny, though, picked Iowa State while the other three of us picked Oklahoma State. So a chance to either extend our lead over Danny or for Danny to, uh, to climb back in it. But uh, after that, we all picked Wyoming. And uh, Danny picked Minnesota to everybody else's Michigan. So, uh, Kyle, you may feel a little more uneasy about your picks this week, but Danny's the one who I feel like uh, really slept and is either going to make some, make some noise or, you know, kind of fall further and further back into his lonely fourth place only spot there. Nothing to lose. Except I don't think you're kicking me off the podcast for being a bad picker either, so <laughs> – 
<laughs> well, we need the comic relief somehow, Danny. And, uh, and if it's your picks, it's your picks, my dude. But no, with that being said, we kind of reached our, our end here. Uh, extra points is how we always end it. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. Uh, any extra points? Yeah, this is a really important one to all Nebraska fans out there. Enough with the little bromance with Ohio State, all right? If you're a Husker fan, it is not okay. To, we had to team up for survival. Ohio State fans are ignorant. They're arrogant. They're stupid. They think that they're the only team that's ever existed that's been relevant. Any national championship that they've had, there's been shady stuff going around with it. There's asterisks. They've, they've had two coaches, Old Trestle and Urban Meyer, who leave disgraced. And, uh, man, I hate the Ohio State Buckeyes. I absolutely can't stand them. And uh, I'm tired of this whole thing. Oh, well, they, they helped us out, you know, and, and all this. And, you know, it was Nebraska who wanted the Big Ten back. Ohio State, yeah, they, they said their piece and they listened to them. But Ohio State is the Texas from the Big 12 of the Big Ten. That's exactly what they are. And uh, you, you shouldn't have this respect for them. And you shouldn't root for them and say, oh, well, if they, if they win a national championship, it's good for them. Screw that. No, it's not okay. Because then that's just more recruits that they get. It's all these other advantages. And uh, to hell with them. All right? So I want to say forget Ohio State. And, uh, and if we lose, it's not, oh, I'm going to root from the if, – if somehow they beat Nebraska, I hope they lose every single game from here on out and uh, go over and go back to the Stone Age. That's my extra point. Well said. Thanks. Well said. Quite a hot take there, Brandon. Uh, Kyle, extra point? You would think that since we know this part is coming, I would have something prepared, but I really don't. Um, like I said, I'll just reiterate. I'm excited for Husker football to be back. I'm ex even more excited for no work on Friday. And uh, we had our – I guess here it is. We had our first snow last week, so it's getting me pretty darn excited. Uh, I'll just have to tell my wife that the Christmas decorations will, will probably be coming out early, okay, maybe as soon as Halloween is over. And the weather's turning, and I'll, be, I'll admit it. I'm ready for it. Let's go winter. Winter's coming. Boom, there's your Game of Thrones play. <laughs> Danny, extra point? Uh, I can't. I I don't. I don't hate winter, but I can't get on board. I've been I've been enjoying the outdoors too much. But uh, and just a quick comment on on uh, Brandon's extra point. I really wonder if the uh, if like the feelings mutual. Like if you were to read local um, Ohio State publications, if if we Nebraska would be getting a bunch of love from from Ohio State. So, uh, but my my extra point is uh, let's, let's give a shout-out to the late, late games. I don't think we've had any 9.30 kickoffs yet this season. Um, and I always think it's like, it's like a sign that you, you really did well. If you're still laying there like midnight and there's football on your TV that you're pay, paying attention to, it's like you did it. You put in the work today. It was a good Saturday. Good job. So let me just throw out Air Force at uh, San Jose State, 9.30 kickoff. Um, UNLV at San Diego State, 9.30 kickoff. Pretty much any time I've ever seen San Jose State or San Diego State play, 
it's it's basically midnight and they're probably 50% chance one of them's playing Hawaii. So just that was my extra point. Uh, shout out to those late, late, uh, the finishers, the nightcap games. What do you think, Kyle? Just before uh, I, I let Andy finish this, that was when I was younger. It was always like mind-blowing like, when we just get done watching the Husker game or just any game, and you're like, oh, wow, now it's about time for bed. And then yep. they switch over to that game, and it's still like – it's still light out. <laughs> like, yep. he's just blowing minds. Like, how is that even possible? It's been dark here for six years. Yep, and I could care less about the games. I could barely tell you who won the next day, but you're still there, 11.30 p.m., and there's football on, and you did it. So um, let's throw, let's get that group message going at, uh, at, at 11 p.m. on Saturday. Like Andy, it. what's good? <laughs> my extra point, my extra point uh, just kind of <laughs> to uh, kind of build off you, uh, Danny, there, and Kyle. Uh, it feels good to kind of have that full slate of games where we have the Mountain West. We're adding the Big Ten back into it. Uh, I've realized two TVs may not be enough. There's I've games highlighted three, four, five, and six that I want to be turning into this weekend, and so. You know, hopefully I can talk uh, the old the old better half into maybe uh, splurging get maybe three and four uh, this weekend, so that way I can stay on top of it all. And so you know, Andy, it's good to be back. Because I will not be watching a game at nine thirty at night. Well, I'll probably watch one as well. But you know, it's nice to have options sometimes, Kyle. <laughs> But anyway, that'll do it for us here tonight, uh, the old Sing Second podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Sing Second, on Instagram at Sing Second Pod. We're going to hijack that thing back up and uh, and get that thing rolling since our social media gal has kind of fallen off the uh, the reins there. Um, but, you know, hopefully with the, the, the old Big Ten back, we got more to talk about than just uh, uh, ACC, SEC, Big 12 slate. And, you know, hopefully we re- return to you. Uh, Wednesday night of next week or Thursday morning whenever you check us out with a uh, Nebraska win and they sang second. Mm-hmm.